The Columbus River Dragons are back on the ice this fall looking for another league championship. Season ticket memberships for every home game in the 2022-23 season are available now by visiting rdragons.com slash tickets or by calling the offices at 706-507-4625. Don't miss familiar foes like the Carolina Thunderbirds and the Watertown Wolves come to town. Or how about the newest southern rival to the FPHL, the Mississippi Sea Wolves. Ticket packages start as low as $300 for all 28 home games this season. Call 706-507-4625 for more details and welcome to a brand new episode of two minutes for roughing everybody i have a brand new co-host mark cannot be here so we have the wonderful christian gardecki here the former voice of the dan barry uh hat tricks of course on the pa side not exactly on the radio yeah, side but much. still not not casey <laughs> yeah you can't you couldn't be you can be casey can't oh, be man. casey yeah even though i did do one game though i remember i, I broadcasted a game last year yes you did i forgot about that but, uh, yep. I mean, excited to have you here on Talking Miners. Did I really nearly say Talking Miners? Oh. <laughs> I really nearly did. Uh, so that's going to the final wow. cup because I got, I got I, you know, uh, Matt's going to, I'm probably going to get beat by Matt. Real. Yeah, there we go. I'm gonna, Matt's going to come at me like, yo, you're, you're talking about your show on my show. <laughs> <laughs> but two minutes are roughing. Oh, man. Okay. You get two minutes for messing it up. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, I guess, excited to have you on the show. I mean, I have to ask you, of course. Danbury, uh, you excited for the upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you you know my background. They're not my number one team, of course. It's always going to be Bridgeport. But in the Fed, since this is a Fed podcast, yeah, I I think so. You bring back those guys, you know, Ruiz, Bonnell. um, You won't have Anderson. You won't have... Atwell, who's now a, uh, we should mention congratulations to Aaron Atwell, one of our favorite players. Yes, um, video coach now, very excited and yeah, scout. video coach, and he's a and he's a scout in Ontario. So, congrats to Aaron, great guy. He's doing a lot of good stuff with Akeem Aliyu right now, um, out in uh, Ontario, in the Toronto area. Um, did you know, Randall, that his teammates in uh, in youth hockey for the Toronto Marlboros, he had Sam Gagne, John Tavares. Brendan Smith, Akeem Aliyu, and Aaron Atwell was on that team too. What? Yeah. That's crazy. We're wow. on a Mara Worlds. Well, it was a good – they won, obviously. I mean, you had – this is future NHL guys. But, yeah, um, congrats to Aaron. I, I think Danbury's going to be good. You know, it's a completely different-looking league now. You have two divisions, five teams. Presumably it's going to be top four, make the playoffs like it was supposed to be in 20. Again, we'll talk more as we get closer to the season. But – um. Yeah, so far things look good. I mean, they they picked up a goalie today. They picked up a couple tough guys that we'll talk about in a little bit. And yeah. All right. So I'll go and let you kick it off with the first topic. I'll let you go and take it off from there. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a, a very sad topic here. Um, so Eric Masters play as a third year pro this past year. Played for Vermilion County. We'll talk about them as well. Um, just a little tease there. Um, Vermilion County last year, and then. Was supposed to play for Watertown during the COVID year, the 2021 season. Um, of course, everything that happened there. And then in uh, 1920, he was with Delaware, and then he played with um, Danville the year before. Uh, unfortunately, went and uh, had a serious car accident out in Alberta. Um, he was working with a uh, barbecue rib fest team um, out there in the Edmonton area, and they were driving from Fort McMurray to Calgary with their their rig for their for the ribs like like food and stuff and they got into an accident colliding with a train 
um, with, with his friend. Um, he was crushed beneath the dash for several hours awaiting medical care. And this is from the uh, GoFundMe, which is on our Minor Pro Hero page as well. We have that there if you want to support him. A um, bunch of hockey people have, have already sent in stuff as well. But uh, he underwent a six-hour surgery on his left leg on Wednesday night. Um, you know, they're they're very thankful that he's alive, which is awesome. Um, he was a good player too. I, I have his stats here. Um, you know, guy, I remember being one of those original Delaware players that that really shaped that team that first year, especially with that gritty attitude they had. But um, honestly, we're hoping for the best for Eric. Um, he was gonna go down to Texas this year and coach. Um, but, um, now obviously, you know, this is a very sad situation, but we're hoping Eric is okay. And, um, we're sending him the best wishes on behalf of everybody here in minor pro hero, Matt, Mark, Jay, uh, Mike, and anybody, everybody else here. And, um, the GoFundMe is in our page. If you want to support Eric. Yes. And by the way, I will so, be adding that page. That I'll be, uh, I'll be adding that page, uh, to the description of this episode should be on, Every platform, so you can find a link right there if you want to uh, donate anything. Uh, so I guess moving on kind of to an, a, another topic. Uh, again, like you said, Danbury is uh, signing some tough guys, especially with uh, some ISIS war uh, players, especially. Or yeah. players or fighters, I should say. Well, it's not just Danbury, too. It's everybody. And and I think a lot of this started with last week with Binghamton signing John Nasty Morasty. And we'll get into that a little bit with Scott Brand later. But, you know, signing Morassi for Binghamton was big for them. Now you get Danbury, and they signed Daniel Amesbury, who was the heavy, super heavyweight champion right now of Ice Horse. He's 5-0 and so far, and he's an absolute animal. They also signed Justice Smoke, who's a friend of the program on Minor Pro Hero as well, um, just t- on Thursday. So they're really loading up. Maybe they're bringing back the Trashers kind of in a way. I mean, AJ has to do with a lot of this, of course. Um, but you look all around Rando and you got a team picking up tough guys everywhere now. Um, you know, Danbury and, and Port Huron, you know, has Nick Williams. Mississippi has Joe Pace and Justin Barr. You know, teams are are, are definitely loading up. And, and again, we're going to talk about that more with Scott. He's got some really interesting takes on that, definitely. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of an interesting topic because we, uh, we'll, we're, we're going to talk about that with Scott a little bit. But, you know, it feels like the last year it wasn't the, the league wasn't super fight heavy. It was very yeah. I mean, it, it was just kind of it was just Justin Smith, Pace, Nick Williams. Yeah, um, but it now feels like it's really weird. Where like everyone's expecting a fight heavy season, and I'm very surprised by that. I'm not sure. You know, I'm, I can't figure out if it's maybe people are seeing you know, enforcer types are getting signed. and They kind of think that one maybe like a Binghamton is going to try to you know, kind of crush your opponents to the ground kind of scenario. But right. it, it, it's just... And you it, don't even know how many games Morassi's going to play, too. Oh, yeah, who knows? But it's like, this was He's like... 40 years old. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like... This was like a weird, either a reaction, or it's a weird, like, people think that they need to sign these kind of guys for some reason. I know teams who who definitely freaked out and were, were calling people asking for players like there are teams who definitely when they saw that signing hit it and I think a lot of us were surprised myself included because John Morasti has had a couple health issues and, and he's doing better now obviously he was in Shorzy and he's been playing in the in the rural hockey league um 
Lisboa, which is a league senior league just up in Canada, um, in his area. Uh, you know, a lot of teams are like, oh, we need to get somebody now to, to combat with Morassi. And I think what I'll say this, no, you cannot combat with John Morassi. Even at 40 years old, he's still going to be the best fighter in the league. Maybe Schmitty too. Two, <laughs> if you want to get hurt every game, I mean, if you search up John Morasti fight videos, either if it was in Danbury or in the LNAH or in Syracuse or even the KHL, or just search up the the, the the bar fight KHL video too. That's that's a, that's an iconic video. You're like you can't fuck. Um, I don't want to swear, but you can't f around f around with this guy. I mean, yeah, I just dealing with any kind of enforcer if they're good. Uh, you, you don't yeah. touch them. It's just like, you, you know, you let them do their Hammers thing. Yeah. Or even Avery. Yeah. Yeah. You just, okay. Yeah. You, you, you've heard our guys. So it, a weird situation for the Fed. I'm very interested to see kind of how this plays out. I'm going to be watching Bingo especially because I'm very interested in that team. They seem like they're going to try to be like the, I, I guess you could say like the, the, the Johnsontown Chiefs kind of team if you want to uh, kind of look at that and just, yeah. say, just try to be, okay. Well, maybe, maybe they'll get his up. buddy. Maybe they'll sign. Maybe they'll sign his buddy, uh, Jeremy Yablonski, who's a Binghamton Hockey Hall of Famer there. Well, that's true also. All right. And, and, and he did play a game in the Coast last year, too. He did? <laughs> what, what did was it like a fight? Like a, <laughs> he, played, he, played, he, played, he didn't fight. No, he played one game in, uh, for Idaho in Allen. Huh. That's like, that's re- really random. <laughs> that's like, huh, okay. Well, uh, I guess kind of moving on. Uh, Vermilion County, there was an interesting development. This was, this is was kind of going behind the scenes for a little bit. I was kind of waiting for the news to break, which it did yesterday. Uh, so, I've talked about um, the David S. Palmer uh, arena management before. I was, I, I uh, famously kind of talked about some pictures I had possession of, and that was an interesting time uh, <laughs> looking at things. But, um, you know, so. Uh, I, I'm probably going to screw up the name, which, uh, no offense to uh, Joe Dunnigan, I think. Um, but yeah. he has been uh, terminated from the arena. I mean, I'm, I'm going to try to stay away from as yeah, many details. Like yeah, we're going to try. I'm going to try to stay away from the details. I'm not. I'm going to let you do your thing. But, I mean, yeah. let, let, from what everything we've heard, it was not a great situation with, with him in the no. building. And I hope Vermilion County, you know, figures it out. I, I think what Ellen Tully has, she has a great model for this team. And, and we saw it last year. There was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, whatever. Can't really, whatever. I think what they have the idea for this team to be is a very solid idea. Now you have a coach. Now you have some players. You're going to have to pick up guys at free agent camp. You know, that's what happens when you're in a really tough, sticky situation with the city. It's not their fault. Definitely not their fault. Um, that's all I'll say for the most part because I, I think they're going to try to rebound it. And it, it's tough for a team like that, too, who is only in their second year and tried starting everything from scratch. You know, this isn't the same old Dashers. You know, this is a brand new franchise who had to start from scratch to, you know, be their own thing. And while they had a lot of obstacles, they left themselves in a very good spot by the end of the year despite what many people think. So I hope they do well. Um, they're still the team I'm going to root for a little bit in the SPHL because I, I like rooting for those 
underdog teams, and I, I, I was really close with Nick as well. I'm also going to look at Macon as well. That's another big story as well, Rando, that Macon hired Nick Nieder. We'll talk about that too, but um, I, I, I think I, I hope things get figured out there. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, P, I, I was someone who famously kind of stomped on Vermillion County for a bit until I kind of learned about the situation behind the scenes. Um, I, it's I, not their fault at all. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was a really bad situation. We kind of didn't have the details on it until things finally started to change a little bit. So that's something that, you know, I, I'm really hoping we see that turnaround. I think we will see a bit of that turnaround when it comes to at least uh, presentation Definitely. and um, just kind of like how things are done now. So, yeah, I, again, hoping for the best. Um, it sounds like the, the sound like from just the articles I'm reading, uh, this was more than needed. Uh, and from what things I, I know behind the scenes, <laughs> I know. Yeah, this was it was bad. Well, didn't this guy get hired after the? There was a situation before, right? With with after the Dashers, where they hired this guy because of the situation before, and now because of the same thing. I, I could be wrong, but I believe that was what happened, right? I'm not sure, so I'm not going to comment on that. Yeah. So, uh, still, I mean, yeah, that that. That board has a mess. I'll say that that board uh, the, that runs through right now, that's a mess. But he managed to vote him out, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, speaking of Nick, uh, Macon did finally hire a new coach. Took forever. I think they're like, yeah. kind of like two weeks behind their own deadline. But, I mean, you, well, you're, yeah. you're someone who's actually paid for him. So, you kind of have an experience of uh, what it's <laughs> going to be like for players there. Look, a lot of people are going to talk about what happened last year in Vermillion County. And, and you can't really blame Nick because it was a bad situation. Um, and which we just got into, but he's a great development coach. And then the one thing, and yes, I played for him. I know, but when, when I played hockey, but the one thing about him is like, you look at the amount of guys he got called up to the ECHL or even the AHL. I saw Corbin Kaspersky play a game for Syracuse in Bridgeport. The guys he got called up, yeah, they led the league with 25. I mean, for a first-year team, that's good. I know you want to win, but development's a big deal now. Excuse me. So I think when you get that to, to Macon, and also he knows the city as well. He knew Danville, but he knows Macon well because that was where he started his pro career. So I think getting him there is going to be good. I mean, I think I heard he was like the second or third guy. Could be wrong. Don't yell at me. <laughs> Whatever. Because um, there was a couple guys who were interested. And I know Knoxville has a new coach as well. Um, because that just happened as well. And I think we should talk about that as well, but, um, or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, I think Nick is going to be a good choice there. He knows a lot. He, he's he played for 18 years. He coached while he played for a couple of years. Um, and I think with what they have so far and who he's picking up, Nick could be, a, could have a better season. I hope they do. I mean, yeah, Macon, they have new ownership, new coach. They're teaming up with yep. Phil Pass Hockey to help with things. So I think they're they're starting to finally lay a groundwork situation where they were winning cups, or very close to winning cups, yeah. But behind the scenes, it was never solid. And that was kind of a situation there. So now that you have this kind of coming in, I really hope they ramp up the marketing because that's something they really need. So, Definitely. yeah. All and right. they have a new GM as well. Yeah, that also helps. All right. We now have an interview with Scott Brand. Uh, I think you guys are really like it. Uh, I'm really excited to talk to him and uh, excited to have him on the show. So we will see you guys in just a second. 
And welcome to the show, Scott. How are you doing on this wonderful evening? Doing well. Uh, here in Columbus, Georgia, since the sun's dropped, the temperature's actually got down to about 75 degrees, so you can walk outside without melting. Yes. Uh, I'm in Tuscaloosa now, and uh, I feel like we, we're about about the same when it comes to the temperature. Uh, <laughs> you want to die every time you want to go outside, but uh, it just sucks. Uh, but, I mean, speaking of the summer, uh, it sounds like you had a busy one with uh, Columbus and their Chattahoots. Uh, I guess how was that coming in with uh, collegiate baseball? Well, you know, uh, this was our second year with the Chattahoots, first years with the Monsters, and, and so... Uh... It uh, it was uh, good uh, balance in it. You know, we were a little shorthanded that we thought we were going to be, but uh, you know, the, the the Hoots had a great season, made it to the playoffs again. Uh, attendance was very very good. The ballpark is looking phenomenal there, and so uh, it uh, it was busy. You know, running back and forth between here and Oxford. Yes, yeah, so speaking of Oxford, what type of league? Uh, oh, you go ahead, actually, Chris. What, what type of league is that? Yeah, it, what, what type of league is that? Because I, I, I know I know it's summer collegiate, but but compared to like I, I worked in the New England League in Danbury, compared to that, what's that? Where are you getting your players from? Like still D one or a little more D D two guys? Well, um, so so obviously Cape Cod's the best. I mean, if anybody tells you they're right. not lying or they don't know what they're talking about, you know. Um, and, and then I think you've got other leagues like the Northwoods League, where actually I started yeah. the Waterloo Bucks, probably one of the most successful expansion right. teams ever in that league. And then, uh, and then you got the uh, the CPL, which is Coastal Plains League, and you got leagues all over the country. So, we're, we're basically like that. I think um, the advantage with us, and, and so we do have a lot of D one players. In fact, one team I think had five players drafted. One went in the first round. Um, right. The, the the advantage, and, and really, I can compare. Let's compare this to hockey. In hockey, you got the United States Hockey League, right? In terms of the United States Premier League, Development League. Um, and then you, you had, you, you got other leagues like the North American league where players can kind of stay in the area they're in and develop, you know, that's where we're at with our baseball league is, is we have so much talent in the Chattahoochee Valley up in Oxford, Alabama, in that area. And, and Atlanta is it's kids who want to stay local and play for the most part. The other thing is we play a little bit lighter schedule. Unlike, uh, you know, the CPL that I think in, in Northwoods League could probably play 60 plus games. We only play, uh, you know, we only play like 35, 36 games. So it gives the kids a chance to relax. You know, it's not as grueling on your pitchers. And uh, and, and so that's the advantage there. And, 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 you know, there's good and bad with both of it, but uh, it's a pretty good league. I mean, our, our fans have loved it. Yeah, I mean, the Sunbelt League um, until recently, I mean, it was kind of, Unique because you guys uh, were kind of the only out of Metro Atlanta team until, of course, Oxford. Uh, so speaking of Oxford, I want to know what's the story behind going to Alabama? Like uh, Columbus, that makes sense, of course. Georgia, uh, Atlanta's not far up, but why why have a Sun Belt team in Alabama? Well, the bottom line is it's a it's a it's a business opportunity. I mean, you know, uh, we like to talk about how we love the sport of hockey or baseball, but you know, it's a business opportunity. So we were very successful here in Columbus. We looked at the the market there in, in the Oxford Aniston area. For those of you who don't know, it's it's right between Birmingham and Alabama. It's almost a commuter um, uh, city, but it, it's it, it's a city within its own that county, Calhoun County, and so. You know, it's it's um, it, it, as I said, it, it kind of stands on its own. Uh, they've got a beautiful ballpark. In fact, I think it was voted in 2019 the, the, the United States Ballpark High School Ballpark of the of the year. 
we got a, a pretty decent lease in there and, and we like what we saw. So we, we, we didn't draw very well this year, but that was our fault. I mean, that was marketing. You know, we did a bad job of marketing, but um, it, it's the, the community's on the grow. I mean, that Oxford area is just phenomenal in what that city's done. Yes. And let me, let me say about the ballpark. I didn't get a chance to go, but I was look I was looking at, you know, well, when you guys were starting to uh, put t- ticket prices out, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll make the drive. It's about two hours from Tuscaloosa. I was like, that it's a beautiful park in general, besides just the stadium. I mean, what they have over there, it's right next to I-20, which is nice. Uh, so uh, just overall, you know, he's not lying. It's a beautiful ballpark. Uh, but moving on from, I guess, kind of baseball and, and, and just itself, what's it like kind of balancing? You have the River Dragons, you have the Monsters, and now you have also the Chattahoots going, you know, you have that all kind of a triangle of things you got to kind of operate and manage at the same time. Well, it's. I mean, I'd be lying if I said it, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a challenge, which is exactly a good way to put it. I mean, we had. Uh, don't forget, we also operate Golden Park. The advantage up in Oxford is I write them a check and I don't have to do a thing. Here, you know, I got to make sure the hot dogs are ready, the beer's cold, and and everything else. You know that the lawn gets mowed, and, and so um, it's been a challenge. But we surround ourselves with some pretty decent people. I mean, the guy who runs the ballpark here. Is, is phenomenal um and and so i don't have to worry when the refrigerator goes out or anything like that he can fix that um and, and then of course you know we've got good people running our, our organization below us too so it, it's it, it's it, it is a challenge and we are actually looking for more people to to, to to join us down here but uh um we got through you know we weren't uh what i say we get we get an a or an a plus no you know, I think we got a B, a solid B, and and I think as 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 we continue to move forward, it, it, things will get better and better. Well, that's always great to hear. So, let's let's just move on straight into hockey. Why this is the real reason why we're here. Baseball is great; it's a great sport. But 2022, I mean, uh, you got an interesting interesting season when it comes to Columbus uh, Ignite Cup in 2021, 2020. You know, with COVID, that's kind of a weird thing. Then you have you, you're at the finals lose to Watertown. Now you're, you're back here. Uh, you're coming up, you're finishing up the off season. We're less than a month away at this. Well, I, I lie a little bit more than a month, but still more. Yeah. More just, we're, we're very close. I, I mean, you got to feel like the clock's ticking where it's like, all right, we need to get things done now. Kind of uh, thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you're right. It's, it's hockey season now. And, and, you know, we're at the office late and we get here early and, and, and you start moving forward. I mean, I guess there's two ways to look at it. You talk about the on ice product, you talk about the off ice product, you know, and the off ice product is, is fortunately or unfortunately what, what allows you to be successful. You know, you got to put butts in seats, you got to sell dasher boards, you got to sell promotions. So that's where we're gearing up now, you know, uh, in terms of how the team will be fall together. I mean, that's more of a coaching thing and, and, and it's too early to say. I, I, I find it amusing when teams make trades or add a player or drop a player. The fans go nuts. You know, a lot of times <laughs> fans don't know that there's usually something behind it. You know, I've gone online on Facebook when I was in Carolina and told people to shut up. It's my way of cheating around a salary cap or trying to screw a, a league rule. And, you know, if, if there's any other general manager that doesn't tell you that they don't try to circumvent league rules so you can protect players you know um they're lying right. or they're bad general managers 
Oh man, I mean, and I think the one oh. thing too, and, and I think the one thing too is, as you talk about, you know, like maybe there's not much. I think part of that can come with Binghamton signing Morasti as well, because you don't know how many games he's going to play, and he's he's a little older as well. Yeah, I mean that's a perfect example. I mean, you know, we we had uh, we had former we had a couple former NHLer down here played a whole year, had one that happened to be in the area in, in Columbus, and and those are guys are great. Some of that stuff's a publicity stunt. By all means, I'm not saying that that's what's happening up in in, in uh, Watertown or or wherever that happened, but um, you know, we're still six weeks away. From I think our training camp starts in a month, but we're we're a month away from somebody even stepping on an ice right now, and for for teams to you know I I appreciate fans I really do I love them to death, but sometimes I think hey you got a month away a lot can happen between now and a month I mean you know if you have two teams in the if a team in the East Coast League folds you know that's going to push people down the Southern Pro League and Southern Pro League is going to push people down us so. It, it's a little bit uh, early to get uh, to get all worked up, but no, that's that's good, and it, it creates interest. That stuff creates interest. So you, you're kind of making me think. Okay, what's like the worst? Like, okay, you don't have to name names. Worst fan, like, like that you've seen, like the worst take from a fan, like that, that you've absolutely had to respond to. Well, like again, and a lot of this had to do with with. Um, with I don't say the term hiding players, but you know you get players who who you know we got a what a twenty four man roster and it changes every every three weeks it seems like so you've got your active roster you've got your injury roster so when you put a guy on when you when you do a, a call up or something and somebody knows that you're not calling up and they get involved and they open their mouth or you say a guy's injured for two weeks you know. Um, you know, I've had fans that, you know, I messaged and said, would you shut up? I know you saw him riding a bull two days ago, but I need this <laughs> roster spot. He's going on vacation, dummy. And if I don't, we're going to lose him. And then, of course, you always name the opponent that knew who you're, uh, you know, like Carolina would always name Columbus and Columbus would name Carolina. We're going to lose them to our arch rivals. And, and so, and there's things you want to tell people and don't want to tell people. Again, I think a lot of times people want to read something into a trade or read something into an ad drop. And, and you know, sometimes the, the, the plain truth is we're just trying to make room and, and hide somebody for a week or two. So I guess, I mean, you're, you're saying, yeah, I mean, basically try all the other GMs try to do this. They try to, you know, do the trick, I guess. You, you besides like vacation or you you might have an injury just by chance or, or something like that i mean what's like yeah how, how often is it just like all right you just tell the guy hey look we need to we need probably a refresh on the roster here go away for a couple of days we'll see if you want to come back well i think that happens i mean everything is salary cap you know as much as everybody talks about who cheats and what's cheating us i mean you can only you can only you know uh uh bend that rule so much so so you, sometimes you got to make rules on a salary cap but you know what sometimes there's a good time for a player to go home sometimes there's a good time for guys to step away from the game particularly i mean l- listen in, in a federal hockey league particularly the older guys i think at some point in time you're going to wake up on a you know february your bones are going to hurt and maybe you played five or six years at this level or you had a cup of coffee in, in the achl or the southern pro and and you wonder if it's worth it. And then you show up to the rink and your 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 uh, practice is half rear end. 
and uh, and you don't give you know the hundred percent. You have a couple of bad games, so there, there's okay with people stepping away for gaming. It gets it, it's easy to get burnt out, particularly at this level, particularly if you've had a taste of higher level. Because listen, I mean, you've heard the horror stories on bus travel. You know, I'm going to tell you right now, we have a great bus, but anybody's going to tell you that, right? Um, you, you know, the horror stories of paychecks being like, you know, uh, driving through snowstorms. Um, and, and, and by the way, if you're listening and you're a hockey player, we don't have snowstorms in the South. So always, always get to remember to always recruit. But, uh, you know, um, I, I think there's a time and a place for guys to, to, to step away, reevaluate. It, it's tough. It, it's tough. I remember stepping off the ice as a, you know, a minor professional hockey referee. And it, it was the worst two weeks of my life, you know. Oh, wow, that's good. pretty good answer right there, uh, especially with the bus. I mean, I've heard plenty of horror stories. Uh, I, I remember one, uh, I, I won't name a name, but they, they literally had to push the bus. I can't remember the city, but they just used it as like training. It was just like, okay, we got to we got to <laughs> take advantage of that. So, hey, do something. But so we, we're kind of moving on, kind of talk about more the, the uh, FPHL. Got three new teams coming in. You got Biloxi who uh, you guys will be opening with uh, on the 28th of October, uh, you know, back in, in Biloxi. Yeah, preseason game. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, plus the preseason game, but it really counts those. Uh, then you have um, uh, oh, Elmira, of course, and then you now have uh, Motor City. I mean, that's three new teams, so you got to recruit probably some more players now because you, ha- you have new teams coming in and, uh, you know, they're saying, okay, you can play closer to home or, hey, you know, we're going to try to do this. I mean, it, it, what's kind of like the thing, you know, kind of like the landmines you have to deal with the with these uh, new teams? Well, I, listen, I think every team in, in the league, you know, has its has its positives and, and, and its negatives. I mean, first of all, Detroit. Let's talk about Detroit. I mean, if you talk about marketing, that's going to be a whole thing for them to deal with, you know, because they're going to have to go against the Red Wings and, and – University of Michigan, and, you know, I think Port Huron does that battle, too. They don't have any local television stations. But if, if I'm a, if I'm a you know, 25, 26-year-old or 23-year-old, I got a chance to live and play in my hometown, and there's a lot of talent in that, in that Michigan, you know, that uh, eastern Michigan, um, why wouldn't I? You know, why wouldn't I take that gamble? So I think that they have a huge recruiting advantage. I hope they use it to their advantage, not when they play us, but I hope they use it to their advantage because I, I, I like that arena uh, and, and I think they got some good people up there. You know, you look at uh, you, you look at Elmira, you know, Elmira's, despite what people think the old regime did and didn't do, that's still a good hockey time. You know, they, they did a nice job there. I'm sure that Steve Donner coming in is going to do a nice job there. So it's a fantastic building for our level, you know, and, and, and it's experience a good with him too. Yeah, I mean he's got experience. You're right. So, so I don't think that they're going to be a bunch of slouches either. And then you look at Mississippi. Well, they've got the same advantage we do. Is is you know playing in Columbus and Mississippi. The only thing you got to go out in February and worry about is is to scrape the sunshine off your uh, windshield. You know, um, and, and pretty much you don't need a pair of long pants until you go you know north of Winston Salem the whole time. So. I think each one will have its its positives. You know, Mississippi, the advantage they have there, like us, they've got a great history of hockey. We all remember when the Seawolves first went in there and the advantage they had. Um, and, and so I think it's great for the league. I think it, it sets us up for even more expansion in, in some of the better better cities. So 
Speaking of, of expansion, uh, thoughts on Baton Rouge and their three games that they're getting uh, this season? Well, you, you know, something I've always said, and, 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 and I'm a believer of it, and I've told everybody, there's no such thing as a bad market, only bad marketeers. So having said that, you know, you, you look at stuff like, well, they're not playing any of those weekend dates. And, and then the next question is, well, how hard is it to fill three games? But I like the fact we're giving it a try. You know, I give, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people say some negative things about Barry Soskin. Well, if it wasn't for Barry and, and Don, and I don't agree with them all the time, trust me, um, this league wouldn't be here. You know, Barry's taking a hell of a gamble with, 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 huh? And even Herm, too. Yeah, like Herm, too. You know? all, all those guys, you know, and, and you can say what you want to, or negative you want to, and I do all the time anyway. It gets me in trouble. <laughs> but the bottom line is they've kept this league going. You know, Barry's taking a gamble in Mississippi. Barry took a gamble in Columbus. It paid off. Barry took a gamble in, in, in you know, in Port Huron. It's paid off. I thought Danville was doing well. You know, we can get into that whole conversation. But the bottom line is he's taking this gamble in Baton Rouge. We'll see how the people react to it. But – you know, if Baton Rouge falls in line, you know, how, how far off are we to Lake Charles? How far off are we to, to Memphis? How, you know, and those old areas that, that really supported hockey, you know, and then I-10 quarter. Uh, you say Memphis. I'm not so sure about that one. That's that's a can of worms right there itself. But, I mean, you're, you're, you're right on the idea of there, there does feel like there's a there's room of, like, I would say south-south, don't count Florida, like south-south-U.S., you're talking about your Louisiana. You're talking about your Southern Mississippi's. Maybe you could get a Panhandle team in Florida. I'll say that, but it's just like, you know, there, it's kind of an, an, an untapped market because of various reasons. I think travel is the main one, but now you have a team like Biloxi kind of opening up the gates. So that, that that's probably something that that really helps right there. So yeah, um, I guess my last idea is all right. You you have to you have to you know, let's just say. Okay, you, you you have to pick it. You have to pick a city. It's, it has to be kind of like the teams you kind of just talked about. Which where, where where would you go and why? Well, I guess the first thing is where can I get the best lease? You know, I, let's let's the one everybody questions is why doesn't Greensboro, North Carolina, have a hockey team? Right. And, and they've got a heck of an arena. In fact, I not to show my age. I refereed in that building back when it was the, the Monarchs and Jeff Gruber. Yes. Yes. You know, so, so I think it was the Monarchs. Maybe, maybe it was, a, but Brubaker was coaching. I was there one game. I think it was 14,000 people. That was back before they, they, they built it back up, you know, um, but you're not going to get a decent lease. I think, I, I think any of those markets you look at Monroe, there's another one. Monroe used to have a team. Um, I think if you get a decent lease, any of those markets are, are, are attractive. You know, I'm not sure there's any place that I wouldn't look at um, there. Again, there's no such thing as a bad market, only bad marketeers. Now, there's some tough markets, you know, um, but your, your question is, uh, was it the Ford Center in Beaumont, Texas? Why don't they have a team? Why doesn't Houston have a team? In Houston, I would not recommend the FPHL to go into Houston, but San Antonio, you know, um, but for an FPHL, I, I'd have to look hard at, at, at possibly if you could get a decent lease, Greensboro, if you could get a building, Charleston, West Virginia would be a great location, you know. I think Trenton, New Jersey as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'll be up front with you. We've talked with Trenton. You know, we, yeah. we met with Trenton it was during the COVID. Um, and the two things that scared us was, again, the lease. And, and 
And that's not something that, that couldn't be fixed. But I think the other thing that kind of scared us was uh, lack of parking and a and, and location. I think if they had come down and made the lease attractive enough, that you'd probably had a federal hockey league team in there. And, and I wouldn't discourage anybody from looking into it, but at some point the building's got to decide this is a great opportunity. I think our league would do very well there, our style of play. And, and so, you know, hopefully we could see them someday. So we've been talking about that for a while. Yeah. The trend, trends, I mean, I, I've heard trend before also from other people, but I guess how often is it where you go into, you go into an arena, you go into a market and you say, all right, we want to bring a team to you guys. Like what's the percentage of, all right, the lease is just too much. We got to call it quits uh, there. Like, 50% of the time, 40% of the time where it's just too much? So so usually what happens, and again, we probably get 10 places a year that say, hey, I want to be in, in, in the federal hockey league. And so the first thing you figure out is, okay, is this guy real or is he, is he fake? And then you also got to figure out is, and again, let's not, let's not poo-poo the Southern Pro League is we, we share the same market as them and and, and I don't know if it's competition or what, but, you know, are they just playing us against the, the Southern Pro Pro League? Um, but y- you look at that and then, uh, you know, I, I think if, if the guy has the wherewithal, which I think our league has failed in the past, I think they're doing a much better job now of venting some of our owners. You know, um, does a guy have the ability to lose a million dollars and, and, and still operate? I think that's the first question. And again, do we have a, a, a building that wants hockey? There are buildings that want income. There are buildings all over the nation that want income, but do they want hockey? You know, um, you, the three of us love hockey. Anybody listening to this stream loves hockey, but as a building manager, let's be honest, I can put make just as much if I have some kind of trade show and don't have to put the freezer on and leave the door open. You know, if people want to know what it costs to operate a, a 5,000 seat building, Leave your refrigerator open all week and try and keep the ice in there and try and keep it cold and try and keep the freezer going. You know, um, when you find those buildings, and I think they're few far between, then you're going to have a home run, you know. Wow, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> leaving my freezer open for a week and trying to keep the ice. I mean, I, I, I mean, the ice plants are just – they're kind of for forgotten expense because people think, okay, you just – you know, you throw – you throw some water on there, you keep it cold. There you go. But I mean, people forget to pay for the chemicals. You have to maintain it. You got to have people basically all week taking care of it. I mean, it's probably. I'm. I'm going to guess it's probably the most expensive thing besides pay for people. Oh, I. There's no question. I mean, at least you know we. I. Some leases in this in the bed are as low as thirty thousand dollars or thirty five. You know, some of them are as high as is is eighty to to, to hundred or over that. Um, but, but you're right, you know, and, and here's the thing is we all look at like Monroe had hockey, um, uh, Baton Rouge had hockey, uh, Lafayette had hockey, uh, Tallahassee, all these buildings that most of them are still here. Uh, Petey, remember the PD Friday that they played before? Some of those still have the ability, a lot of them, Augusta, um, the floors gone poo poo. You know, um, because those those buildings came in in the late 70s or 80s, you know, and, and you think of the 80s. Well, that wasn't that long ago. That's 40 years ago. And, and so, you know, the, the pipes have disintegrated and 
and don't forget, a lot of those systems were probably still set up on, uh, I don't know if they used ammonia back then or, or Freon or whatever, but now, you know, EPA's kind of screwed everything up and all the fun. And so <laughs> you, you got to use, you know, I, I don't know what the glycol or, or antifreeze, whatever they use now. So there's a lot of that. Uh, it's got to be switched over. And you're talking about digging up floors um, and, and laying concrete. The price of concrete's not exactly cheap either. The other thing maybe you find is you find, and, and here's one never pops up, is Louisville. So Louisville's got a building. You could walk into Louisville. The advantage is it's a rodeo barn, so it's got a sand-based floor. So all you would have to do is put the, the piping down. So you could probably retrofit that for maybe 150000 you know, per Provided you get, you know, the boards, glass, Zamboni, you could retrofit that, but then you're pulling that up because you really can't cover, you know, uh, unless you bury it down low, it's tough to cover that without getting monster trucks on there and destroying the ice. Yeah, just, wow, just, I'm kind of playing my, you know, I'm trying to do like an estimate based on what you said. I mean, that's, again, you, you put the, and that's not yearly, that's some one-time expenses there, but that, I mean, that's half a million probably right there just itself. Wow. So. It, it, not now, having said that, as a person who wants to see more teams, and maybe eventually I get into an ownership, you know, I doubt that's going to happen. But but there's ways to make your money back. So besides the hockey team, which you know I'm going to lie and tell you, I'm going to have five thousand every night. Public skating, uh, I can tell you right now, you start doing the math on public skating, particularly in the South. I know what they do in Carolina. I know what they do here. I mean, you, you figure 250 people, you know, for an hour of ice time or, or two hours at, you know, 15, 20 bucks each. And then they're going to have their soda and all that other stuff. I mean, it's pretty good revenue. Plus, uh, you know, I don't know what people are paying for, for an hour of ice. But uh, if you get a good big youth hockey program or senior league hockey or figure skaters who, who I feel bad for them because they buy that ice at five o'clock in the morning, still pay the seven, you know, you know, I think as ice is. I think we're cheap down here. I think we're only, we're less than about $400 an hour. You know, I know in some places there's seven fifty uh, an hour though for ice. Yeah. yeah Danbury, like you, you look at their, them because I, I worked there for a year and, or two years and you know, they have two rinks. So you have the game going on inside the Patriot rink, which is the main rink. And then you have DJ skate going on on a Friday night. So you have about 300 high school kids going on while the pro game where you have 2,500 people there. So, that's kind of the thing, and plus they they own the entire arena, so they get all that money. Yes. Yeah. Wow. All right, uh, Chris, do you have any questions? I I think I'm done basically. I I, I do want to ask. You know, we mentioned the whole thing with with Morassi signing, and you guys already have Justin Schmidt, but are you surprised that more teams are picking up more enforcer type guys, or just not surprised at all? Well, this is going to shock people. Because uh, we've had that conversation around this office, um, and, and, and we do have a fighter. Um, and you also got Kyle Shaw coming on PTO as well, who's one of our MPH players as well. Right. And so here's the thing is, I think if we start to put focus every time we start signing guys like this, at some point, the bottom line in hockey, you still got to put the pocket in that. And, 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 you know, you got to remember, I came, when I transitioned out of juniors, we were still allowed to fight. You know, and we, you know, I fought the half shield. That's how dumb and old I am, you know, but in, 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 here's the thing that, that fighting while fighting, I believe is part of the game. 
I think that its position in the game has dropped. I mean, I think, you know, you always had scoring and then probably followed by fighting. I think, you know, scoring, passing, skating ability, you know, able to read plays. I think fighting is slowly, slowly dropping. I don't think, I don't think it'll necessarily ever go away, nor do I want it to, because I think it actually makes the game safer. Um, but when we start signing these former guys and we start hailing them as, hey, come watch this, come watch this, we are appealing to the same person like myself that goes and watch NASCAR. Okay. Right. I've been to NASCAR races. They're great. They're loud. They're fun. You know, when I paid attention, when the car went in the wall. Yeah, you know, let's go. <laughs> exactly. And, and, but there's nothing wrong with using that bait to, to, to hook Blaper because, for example, today, great conversation with a potential sponsor. Guy says, you know, I went to the game, saw a couple fights. That was fun. And then he started talking about my wife went, came with me. My little girl went with me. They saw, you know, Josh Petritonio and Josh signed a puck and winked at the little girl. And they thought that that was right. the, the best thing in the world. And by the end of the conversation, fights weren't talked about anymore. So, so I'm glad that teams are, are, are using it. I just think at some point, we, particularly as a league, probably need to start focusing more on our talent. Uh, well, I don't want to say talented, more talent, but on our players whose job it is to put the puck in the net or stop the puck. Let's not forget the goaltenders because I don't want to hear from them. They've got that weird union that always yells at me. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and another thing, too, is, is you talk about this the last couple of years with all the COVID, and we've seen more call-ups do you think we'll still have the same amount of call-ups as we had last year where guys were going up to the SP and the coast and even in some cases like a Dylan Kelly going to the AHL? Yes. And, and I'll tell you this. And, 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 and you know, I, I don't, I got a bad mouth of the, the SP a little bit, you know, they, they sit down and, and there's a lot of talk down on the fed. And my, my, I myself have talked down to the fed. I mean, I think that I've been in leagues that, that were higher. And the one thing I will tell you this, if we're such a bad league, quit taking our players. And I think that they figured it out that this is not a bad hockey league, that our players are just as talented. Some of them are down here because why would I want to go be a potential third liner in, in, in a city when I can be a first liner down here? And I think we have a lot of guys on our first line that, that could play in the first, second line of the SP. You know, we've proven it. So do I think the call-ups are going to keep going? Absolutely. I think that the SP figured it out that we're not senior league hockey, that we're not a gong show. We have talent, and they're going to keep taking our players. Now, the hockey point of me, I want them to take my players. We should be here to develop. We should never hold a guy back. Same with officials. We never when we should our officials should be here for two, three years, move up. You know, I love my coach, but I hope at some point we are able to develop coaches. Other teams develop coaches. Co you know, having Jerome, we're blessed. We're lucky. He lives here. But but if I had a franchise, for example, Andre Nietzsche, you know, he was there for oh, yeah. two three years. Went to the NHL as a, as a head as a as a European scout. That's what we need to say, and we need to celebrate that more as a league. Yep, I I mean the Fed in my time when I've started really kind of covering in both the Fed and the SPHL, of course, other sports since then. But I mean, the, the Fed has, has seen tremendous growth. I, I think they have been like yeah. the, the best growing league from what I've covered. Cause I mean, when I first started Danbury and Columbus were brand new, uh, Carolina was the top dog. 
And now we're seeing kind of like a switch where, I mean, we're seeing Biloxi, we're seeing Elmira, yes, the second time. We're seeing the Fed knocking on the door of a major city now, a real major city, I should say, not, you know, not, not being mean to anybody, but with Detroit. That, that's something that should be celebrated. And I hope, you know, of course, like with Motor City, I hope they, they work. But the, the Fed, it, it's, it's not the league that it was five years ago. It's a completely different league now. No, and, and and the thing is too is I I've been around this league since day one when they announced it at the press conference at Danbury Arena, and you know I thought okay it'll be just another team to come in here and Herm was making a big deal you know we'll be here for more than you know two years like the other teams and they were, but there was a lot of times where I was thinking especially in that playoff run in 2013 that I don't think this league's going to last another year and without guys like Herm guys like Barry Soskin and Don we wouldn't still be sitting here right now and talking about this league 11 years later. And it's come a long way from having teams just in the Northeast. Now you have teams in the central time zone again. And, and as down South is Biloxi, Mississippi. So I, I think it's come a long way. I, I agree. Uh, and, uh, you know, and sometimes I'll tell you, I think we're our own worst enemy. I think what our league has to do though, I mean, all those nice cities, all those cities are great is we have to protect ourselves. You know, when I first came in the league, yeah. You know, we, we went into to, to Carolina, and Carolina was probably the crown jewel. It, it My fans back there, it still is, wink. Um, and then and, and, and we had Elmira. And the only thing I, I do remember Barry saying this, and I agree with Barry, is, is it's important that Carolina is, is successful. It still was important that Port Huron was successful, and at the time, Danville was successful. If we can't have a, a place like Danville, Illinois, or formerly Danville, or Port Huron, you know, I, I think you look at Port Huron now, we have to make sure this league does not grow Port Huron, Michigan. If we all grow Port Huron, Michigan, this league's in trouble because we're going to run in the same thing that the, the, the old SPHL did or the old ECHL did or the IHL. You know, the IHL was a tremendous Midwestern league, and they decided they were going to, you know, you know, we see how that went. So I think as long as we don't financially, from a business standpoint, remember where we're at, we're going to be okay. You know, and, and again, these markets are great down here, but somebody better keep their eye on Port Huron. If Port Huron starts struggling, that's when you know I think the league is going to struggle. Man, that's uh, it's kind of some words to uh, kind of, I guess, wrap things up on because, again, I, I don't have any more questions, but – yeah, I mean, I, I talked. Yeah, I talked about Port here on you know when Biloxi was announced. I, I had a lot of concerns. I, I didn't think they were going to make it, especially with Joe leaving, going to Mississippi. So I, I'm I, I'm hoping for the best regarding them, especially. So, yeah. well, I'll tell you what is I love Port here, and I think it's a heck of a market. You know, I, I wish wish them the best of luck. I, I've done everything. I I'm a believer of Port here on. I I just think that it's it, it can do well, but again, I think that. If we can't have a team, and I think that they should be drawing, you know, 2,000 a night. If we can't have a team be successful at 2,000, then we're going to be in trouble. Yeah. All right, Scott, where can people go find Columbus River Dragons season tickets, merch, anything like that? Because there might be some people listening that uh, want to go maybe drive, uh, drive on down to Columbus and go visit for a game. Well, you, you're going to uh, wait till February because that way you really enjoy the, the weather here. But, uh, you know, go to ourdragons.com. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, we better have one of the best selection of clothing since that's what our, our parent company does. So go to ourdragons.com, you know, and tickets uh, are all there and you can launch it off that site. 
Listen, I would encourage anybody, whether you like the Columbus River Dragons or hate us, like in Carolina, uh, go watch a, a Fed game. You know, there's and, and, and don't want to preach. There's guys that get on and talk about how awful the league is. Go watch a game. If you haven't seen the, if you haven't seen this league in the last three years, go watch one. You know, I I guarantee you're going to see the, you know, Elmira and Bingo and and, and Watertown and, and and good talent all over. We've got a great hockey league. I would say so myself. All right, Scott, I want to thank you once again for coming on, and we'll be back and right in a few seconds, guys. And thank you, Scott Brand, for once again coming on to Two Minutes for Roughing. So, Chris, we do have one more thing before we head out. Motor City, they did drop their new jerseys. They are missing the famous charge uh, that we all loved, uh, especially those little musical notes on the jerseys. I mean, uh, they're good jerseys, but... Uh, not exactly my favorites. Uh, they are missing some charm, I think. Uh, what are your thoughts? I think I think they're a good look, man. I I think, um, you know, e- even without the charge, which we thought were really cool, they're still cool. Uh, I've talked to players though, and they they need even a goalie who, who told me if you're playing, you know, against them and they're wearing the all blacks, it'd be tough to look through traffic. Even if you're playing for them as well, so that's gonna be hard for them, but. I still think they're a cool look. The purples are really cool. The white is cool. Black is okay. It's not bad, but not like the first set that we saw. But and also um, other Jersey news, Rando Danbury. We 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 we've talked about how cool jerseys are in this league, and, and you know every team, Columbus, and you know Scott did a great job with that. We just had on um, Danbury's going to have a new alternate jersey. It will be orange again, but it's going to be. Ranger style diagonal lettering across the front, um, which is if you should just search up their NA3 team, and that's the jerseys they wear. So basically, the same as NA3 HL, kind of same, similar to the original Danbury Whalers jer- uh, blue jerseys. Okay, so will it say like rabbits or will it just say hat tricks on the diagonal lettering? It was still say Danbury. Ah, uh, okay. Danbury. Ah, uh, so not Ranger, like Ranger style, as, as they said. Yeah, but I mean, saying rabbits on the diagonal would have been a lot more fun, let's be honest. Or tricks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is what I already said, except it wasn't diagonal. Mm. Ah, still. All right. Chris, do you have anything you want to promote before we head on out? Yeah, I got some uh, broadcasts coming up tonight. Uh, first one of the, of, the, of the semester here in, on Long Island. I'm calling some Atlantic League baseball. So if you can follow Final Minor League Sports, Atlantic League is probably the number one MLB partnered league that isn't affiliated called the Long Island Ducks versus the Staten Island Ferry Hawks tonight, 88.7 FM, WRHU, if you're in the area. Or if you are uh, online, WRHU.org, um, listen live there. A bunch of former big leaguers in this game, by the way. Um, Sam Travis, who played for the Red Sox. Dilson Herrera played for the Mets, um, among others. Uh, Alejandro Diaz is probably the biggest name in this game. Former All-Star, so that's gonna be cool. And it's Saturday uh, tomorrow. We'll have uh, I, I have a uh, men Hofstra men's soccer who are ranked earlier in the year, and uh, they're they're very good. And that's actually a road game, so I'm going down to Jersey Shore for that one. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun, uh, but guys. You can follow me on Twitter at minor league rando. You can find me there. Just give me a quick follow. Uh, I, you know, and I also have uh, talking minors, which I kind of accidentally conjectured, uh, conjectured into <laughs> the uh, show intros earlier. Uh, and then you can listen to me there, 12 on Sports Mondays uh, at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. All right. We will see you next week. Until then, have a good time.
and we will see you then. All right, guys, have a good weekend. See you guys.